Good morning. Good morning. All righty. It is a wonderful day to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. And what a what a beautiful day it is today uh, to be able to come and be a part of baptism, where we have two young ladies today that are coming to proclaim their love for Jesus Christ, their desire to follow Jesus and all of, their, all of His teachings, all of His ways. And what a glorious day that is in this Christmas season to be able to, to do that. Baptism is a sacred ordinance, one that, that Jesus Christ Himself uh, exemplified, gave us an example to, to follow. He tells us in the Great Commission to go and baptize uh, the, the new believers in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them the ways to go, the way of His teachings, and to live according to His teachings. But one thing important today is to remember that, that baptism doesn't save you. A lot of times people think, I've got to be baptized to, save, to be saved. And that's not the, the case. The, the, the purpose of baptism is to let the world know uh, that something has changed in your heart, that you're living a different life, that you have the Lord Jesus Christ in your heart now, and you want to tell the world about that. And so it's to tell the world of, of a change that's happened inside of your heart, that we've become a new creation, that the old is gone, the new has come, and that we're living for Christ today. As I said, we, this morning we have uh, two young ladies, uh, Sandra Marlowe, come on down. Sandra has been uh, involved in few, a few, several of our uh, Bible schools, uh, several of our children's activities, and uh, she came a couple of weeks ago and said, I'm ready to be baptized. I'm ready to let the world know that, that Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. And, and one other interesting thing is today is her birthday. Amen. And praise God for that. And she said, you know, I would like to give my life to Christ on my birthday as a present back to Him for her birthday. And what a, what a sweet uh, words of encouragement that is. Let me encourage you today to give your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. Because when we are born again of Christ, it's, a new, it's, a, it's an eternal birthday for us. Sandra comes this morning proclaiming her faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, saying that she wants to follow Him all the days of her life, and she wants Him to be her Savior and her Lord. And so, Sandra, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I now baptize you. Amen. Amen. We also have Bailey Horton. Bailey comes today uh, professing her faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, I had the, the, the privilege of leading her to Christ at camp this summer. And uh, she had a wonderful time at, at camp. And, and she's been growing up uh, in the Lord over the last number of years. And and at camp, she said, this is it. I want to make it official. I want the Lord to be my Savior forever and ever. And so, Bailey, do you profess today as Jesus as your Lord and Savior? And coming and, and wanting Him to be the Lord and Savior of your life. Today, Bailey, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, I now baptize you.
Amen. Amen. What a wonderful day. What, what a wonderful way to, to continue on in the Christmas spirit. For the Lord Jesus Christ came to earth to seek and to save those who are lost. To seek and to save me and you. People that are sinful. We're all sinful. And He wants everyone to have an eternal life with Him. Not separated from Him, but with Him. And that's why He sent His Son. That's why His Son, Jesus Christ, the God's one and only Son, was obedient to death. Death on the cross. He came in a manger. He lived a perfect life. And He died on the cross. He shed His blood for the forgiveness of our sins. And God raised Him from the dead on the third day so that we could have the hope of eternal life. Amen. And praise God for the Christmas season and for the Easter season. For that is why we worship our Lord and Savior. Let's pray together. Almighty God, we do come to you today thanking you, God, for salvation. Thanking you, God, for the opportunity that we have in you to have eternal life. That we can spend all of eternity when we leave this life. That we know that we can spend eternity with you, not separated from you, but in the glories of heaven. And Father, today if there's someone here that doesn't know you as their Lord and Savior, what an awesome day it is for you to be their Lord and their Savior. For Lord, you tell us in your word that you are living water. And so Father, the, the waters of these, these baptism waters represent you and the living water. For we have life in you. God, we praise you. We open our hearts today, God, that, that you would overfill fill us up and, and overflow us, Lord, with the Holy Spirit today. Hear our prayer and accept our worship. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Good morning. I am so excited to be here with you all, and I'm happy to see all of you here with us. If you are visiting with us today, welcome, and if you're online visiting, we'd like to welcome you, and we would love to get in contact with you and, and um, give you more information. So if you would text the number on the screen or the number in your bulletin, welcome at 704-459-5575, we would really appreciate that. It's such a wonderful day to celebrate baptisms and our second Sunday of Advent. And last week, I hope that you were filled with the hope of Christ as you went throughout the week. And today we will be on the candle of love. And what a great week it is. What a great day to have the Advent candle of love this week as the same day as the baptism, which is the greatest sign of love that we can show for Christ. So we have Angie and Ray Chambers are going to light our Advent candles this morning.
When, when I think about love, I love the scripture in Matthew. We have Matthew 22, verses 36 through 40. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. So this week, as we think about love, I like to think about love in the Christmas story. What a perfect example of love. When you have the love of Joseph to Mary, I think it's hard for us to imagine what Joseph went through in that time period. He didn't get to see what was going to happen later then. He was in that moment, and that love he had for Mary was overwhelming, that trust he had in God and her. And then we have Mary's love for Jesus. And moms out there know the love of a baby, and not only is that her firstborn, but she knows what is to come for him and what a love that was. And then God's love in a bigger way for us in that perfect gift he gave us that year. And then also our love to others. And, and the youth meet on Tuesdays and we watch Chosen, the series. And I accidentally messed up and we watched the Christmas story this week instead of the next one. And I'm thankful I did because thinking about love, it showed Jesus' birth through the eyes of the shepherds. And the love that poured from them as they saw the angels come to them in the fields. And the love that they poured out as they ran through the village in that portrayal and they they ran to the to the baby and they bowed down and worshiped him and then as they fled through and ran through the town proclaiming Jesus and their love for him already so as as we leave here i want us to be like that image of the shepherds that i just said that we proclaim god's love to everyone to those that we meet that are not the ones that are the easiest to love and those that are easy to love. Oh
pray you've been blessed today already. Indeed, I have for sure. Again, a, a great day to be in the house of the Lord. Um, I want to thank you for our time away last week. Uh, our, our family went to the mountains. We made our, our yearly trek to the mountains and got our, our Christmas tree and had a great time away as a, as a family. I was, I've told several people it started 20, 25 years ago taking the kids up there <clears throat> to get the tree. Now we're taking kids and grandkids. And so it's, it's changed a little bit over, over time, but, but that's good. We, we had a, a great time. Last night, we, we had uh, two of our grandkids, Noah and Emery. They spent the night with us last night. So that's always uh, fun and different. And, and so if, if we're kind of droopy-eyed this morning, you know why. Um, but, but they're great to have, man. We, we love the kids. We love playing with them. And, and they're just something different about grandkids, aren't they? Um, but, you know, grandkids can be really loud and crazy sometimes, can't they? Absolutely. Um, and there's times you just need a little quietness. There's just sometimes, you know, you need a little peace and quiet. Well, there's a game we play with our grandchildren sometime, a game that you can play anywhere, actually. We actually played it Friday night. Uh, we, we loaded up in Caroline's car and, and took them all up to Tryon to see the, the Christmas lights. And we were all packed in the car, and so, yeah, it got kind of loud and crazy again. And so, yeah, we, we played this, this really neat game. It's called the quiet game. Y'all played it, hadn't you? Or the silent game. I think you've all played it with your kids or, or with adult or with your grandkids. And, and you know how it goes. All right, kids, everybody be quiet. And the first one that talks loses. You wait and you wait, and hopefully there's a long period, but normally there's not. But man, you know, we'll take a minute. We'll take two minutes, we'll take 30 minutes or 30 seconds sometimes, you know, when, when, when kids get, get crazy and fun <clears throat> and loud. But we had a, we had a good time. And, and so sometimes the silence is good, isn't it? Sometimes the quietness is, is good. But sometimes silence isn't good. Sometimes the quietness is not very comfortable. Maybe you've had an awkward moment in a, in a conversation where there's a long pause and the person doesn't know how to answer or doesn't know how to respond. Or you ever had a parent or a spouse give you the silent treatment before? <laughs> That's no fun either, is it? <clears throat> but silence can be deafening sometimes. Um, we're, we're going to pause our our 360, our series on, on 316 uh, during Christmas. And we're going uh, to look at some of the prayers that were lifted up in the Christmas story. And today we're going to look at, at the prayer of Zechariah. It's called the Benedictus. And, and, and it's a blessing and a prophecy that, that, that Zechariah uh, gives to his and Elizabeth's son, John. Now, this is John the Baptist, the, the, the forerunner to Christ, the one who, of course, prepares the way uh, for Christ and for His ministry. But perhaps the, <clears throat> the most deafening silence I can think of <clears throat> is the silence of God. When you can't hear Him. When you can't hear His voice. Well, that's what was taking place 
in the period between the Old Testament and the New Testament. When you look at the last book of the Bible or the last book of the Old Testament, Malachi, there's a 400-year silence where God didn't speak. He, he, he didn't speak through the, through the prophets or judges or kings or, or anyone. Twenty generations of people didn't hear from God. There was silence. Until we read in Matthew, Mark and Luke and John, where, where the Gospels uh, pick up where, where, where God is speaking once again. <clears throat> they must have been thinking during that time that, where is God? God must have, have forgotten about us. Has God remembered all the promises that He made to His people in Israel? Maybe, maybe you've been there. Maybe you're there right now. Maybe you've wondered where God is. Where is God in, in all that's going on? If He's going to answer all of those prayers that, that I've lifted up to Him, I just don't feel like He's heard my prayers. Have you ever been there? Or again, maybe you're there this morning. God, God, give me direction. God, just give me assurance. Lord, just give me a sign. I want to I see a sign, Lord. Lord, here I am. Lord, have you forgotten me? I think we've all been there, haven't we? At one time or another. If you will, turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 1. It's there that we find where, where God breaks His 400 year, years of silence. And, and Luke writes a, a very descriptive and a, and a detailed account of, of what happened. He, he takes a, a bird's eye view of, of the nation of Israel, telling us who the, 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 the leader is, the, the, the king. And then he zooms in as Zechariah enters the Holy of Holies. And he zooms into that sacred place and he, he gives us a, a detailed description of what goes on between Zechariah and the angel that appears to him. We find in, in Luke chapter 1 verses 5 through 7 where it just basically gives us the, the character of the, of the story. And it's interesting to note that King Herod was a very arrogant type person. It was all about him, okay? But here, it doesn't mention anything about him other than this was a time that it happened. And so it gives him no credit at all about who he was or what he wanted or what he did, but in essence, just to recognize the time period in which this took place. We see that Zechariah, he is a priest from a, from a priestly family, and his name means God has remembered. God has remembered. Elizabeth, his wife, she was also from a priestly family, and, and part of her custom was to that a daughter from a priestly family was to marry into a priestly family. And so that was the case here. Uh, she was married to, to Zachariah. She came from the family of Aaron, and her name means my God's oath. My God's oath. It says that Zechariah and Elizabeth, that they were, they were both upright people in the sight of God. It says that they lived blameless lives 
according to the regulations and the commandments of God. And it's interesting to note that nowhere else in Luke does he write about anyone being blameless except these two, Zechariah and Elizabeth, who lived a, a righteous and, a, and an upright and a blameless life. There was an issue with this couple. They didn't have children. They couldn't have have children. Although they had prayed and prayed and prayed for years upon years, they still had no children. And in that, in that day, barrenness was a, was a sign of shame. It was a sign that, that God was, display, was displeased with you or you had uh, sinned against God in some way or that God had placed a curse on you. <clears throat> and so they had been praying. You know, it was a way for Zechariah uh, to afford his family name to continue on. And so there was a, they'd been praying and praying, and, and it wasn't happening. So let's pick up at, at verse 8 and, and see what happens. In Luke chapter 1, verse 8, 8 through 17, it says, Once when Zechariah's division was on duty, and he was serving a priest before God, he was chosen by lot according to the custom of the priesthood to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for burning of incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing at the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to give him the name John. He will be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and he will never take wine or any other uh, fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from birth. And many of the people of Israel be, will bring back to the Lord their God. And he will go on before the Lord in the, in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. For Zechariah, this was a, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Very, very, it was very rare for a person to be able to, to go in and offer these incense. Now, you, you heard that they, that they drew straws, basically, okay, to see who got to go in. Well, his name was pulled. And when they burned these incense, the, the smoke that came up from, from the burning represented the people's prayers going up to the Lord. And so that God was receiving their prayers. But Zechariah had no idea that day that, that his life would change forever. He had no idea that the that the course of his life would be altered in, in, in a tremendous way on that day. While there, inside the Holy of Holies, an angel appears to him and tells him that his prayers have been answered. So think about it. Although God had been silent for 400 years, Although no one had spoken for God during that time frame, it also says that, 
God heard their prayers. Even though he never responded, it says that God still heard their prayers. And so folks, today, let me tell you that when those times come, when when things are so difficult and you don't think your prayers are being heard, God hears them. God hears our prayers and He will answer our prayers. It, It may be a yes, it may be no, it may be maybe, it may be wait a little bit. But He will answer our prayers. And here, Zachariah and Elizabeth have been praying for years upon years. And here the the angel finally answers their prayers. After 400 years, God breaks the silence to answer their prayers. And so God had a plan for them all along. And the angel came and delivered the news that they had so desperately been waiting on. All of their all of their married lives, they had, they had wanted a child. And now an angel of the Lord stands before him and tells them that they will have a son. And the child would not only bring them joy, but would bring many others joy as well. And so think about this. He's in the Holy of Holies. Nobody else is in there but, but him, Zechariah. He's at the altar of the Lord and an angel appears before him. What does Zechariah do? Now, now Zechariah was a, was a temple priest. <clears throat> he had for years and years followed and, and trusted God as a priest. And he was older, so he was an elder among the other priests. But he wasn't perfect. And neither are we. Nobody's perfect. And, and he too, like us, he dealt with doubt. He dealt with fear and the struggles of life. And so when the angel stands before him and tells them, hey, your prayers are going to be answered, he questions God. He reminds the angel how old he is. <laughs> he's standing there and he's like, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty old. You're, you're a little too late to this party because it ain't happening, you know. And he doubts the angel's message. And he asked the angel, he says, how can I be sure? How can I be sure that this will happen? And folks, let me just say that if you have an angel of God standing right before you, don't question the message, okay? Just say, yes, I accept it. You might not want to ask for a sign either, according to this story. The, the angels, you know, Zacharias, give me a sign. How do I know this is real? And the angel's like, hey, I am from God. I am sent from God, from heaven. You don't believe me? You want a sign? I'll give you a sign. Here it is. And so he begins. He, he goes on in verse 18, and, and we see what happens with, when he questions God. When he questions God's messenger. When he wants a sign from God. It says in verse 18, Zechariah asked the angel, How can I be sure of this? I am an old man and my wife is well along in years. You notice he said, I am an old man. He didn't say she was an old woman. (laughs) He's a wise man, wasn't he? He was a smart man. It says, I am an old man and my wife was well along in years. Okay? And the angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you 
and tell you this good news. And now you will be silent. That's his sign. Now you will be silent and not able to speak until today this happens because you did not believe my words, which will come true at the appointed time. And so all this is taking place inside the Holy of Holies and the, 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 the rest of the people are out in the temple courts worshiping God. And he's in there a really long time, longer than it should have taken, much longer than normal. And when he comes out, it says in verse 22, it says, when Zechariah came out, he could not speak to them. Again, the angel had closed his mouth. God had, had closed his mouth and said, you're not going to speak until this baby is born. You wanted a sign, here's your sign. You're going to be quiet until the baby is born. He says, when Zechariah came out, he could not speak to them. And they realized he had seen a vision in the temple for he kept making signs to them but remained unable, unable to speak. When we read that passage right there, it reminds us that when God speaks to us, when God changes our life, when, when we accept Christ like these two young ladies did, and our lives are changed, even though somebody else hasn't been spoken to by God, they see a change. And they know that, that God has done an incredible work in your life. And here, when He came out of the Holy of Holies, the people knew that that, that, that Zechariah had seen God, that he had met God, that, that something had happened. And we read on throughout that passage in verse 23, it says that, that, that Elizabeth indeed became pregnant. And you fast forward down to, uh, to verse 57. And all this time during the pregnancy, Zechariah was unable to speak. It also indicates that he was unable to hear during this time as well. But when their child was born, Zachariah's voice immediately returned. And his lips were filled with praise. His words were filled with praise. And so listen to Zachariah's prayer of blessing and prophecy over John. And it's called the Benedictus Prayer in, in verse uh, 67 and following. It says, His father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because He has come and has redeemed His people. For He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of His servant David, as He said through the holy prophets of long ago, Salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show mercy to our fathers and to remember His holy covenant the oath He swore to our father Abraham to rescue us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve Him without fear in holiness and righteousness before Him all of our days. And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare the way for Him, to give His people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sin because of their tender mercies of God by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and the shadow of his death to guide us or to guide our feet into the path of peace and the child grew and became strong in spirit and he lived in the desert until he appeared publicly to Israel 
Maybe you're like Zechariah. You see, Zechariah had served in the temple forever and ever, it seemed like. This was an incredible opportunity for him to go into the Holy of Holies and to serve the Lord in, in that capacity. But I don't think Zechariah was ready for the message that he heard when he entered the Holy of Holies. And so I wonder if we're like Zechariah, where we've gotten comfortable with church. Maybe we've come to church so much that we've, that we've gotten used to the drill. Maybe we've settled for the, for the way things are. Maybe you've expected the same thing when you came to church this morning and not expecting Jesus to move in your heart. It's Sunday. Hey, we've got to go to church. But do we come with an expectant heart ready to hear and ready to experience Jesus Christ and the moving of the Holy Spirit in our heart? Maybe you're just going through the motions. Maybe... Maybe Jesus wants to move in a way that you're not comfortable with. You know, we often complain because God wants to do something new, but we don't want to move, do we? Are we willing to follow Jesus into the uncharted waters? Are we willing to let God tear down our rituals, our traditions, the way we are, the way we've always done things? You see, this was totally new for Zechariah to go into the Holy of Holies, to come out and expect it, Father, to be a father. But that day for him had changed his life forever. And so if, if you're waiting to hear God speak, look in the ordinary. If, you're, if you haven't heard God speak, just wait a little bit longer. God waited 400 years before He spoke. God waited their entire married life before He answered their prayer. And so if you haven't heard from God, wait just a little bit longer. If you're waiting on God's direction, are you willing to allow Him to show His power through you? Zechariah was quiet. I'm going to tell you what, that's hard to do for a, for a preacher, okay? To be quiet for nine months. couldn't talk. But that nonverbal existence was a testimony to God's work in his life. Other people saw that and they were aware that, folks, the same God that waited 1,500 years between Exodus and the birth of Jesus had a plan, and he has a plan for your life too. We just don't know when. We don't know the timing of God's plan, but God's plan and God's timing is perfect all the time. Amen? And the hope of the world that was placed in that Christmas manger that day, that hope is still alive today. And He hasn't forgotten you. His prayers, your prayers up to Him have been heard. He will keep His promises to you. He will make a way for you. And He will be your light in darkness. Amen? Praise God for that. Folks, Zachariah and Elizabeth, they were praying for a child. They prayed and they prayed. They were praying a prayer that only God could answer. Not, not something that circumstances in life could take control of. And so let me ask you today, is there something in your life that you're praying a God-sized prayer for? 
Is there something in your life that you're praying that only God can answer for your life? Let me ask you this. Let me ask you another question. Is there a prayer in your life for this church that only God can answer? That we'll know that only God has answered that prayer when God answers it. Not through the circumstances or the events that take place in the community or the country or the world, but what takes place is God's work. Are we praying for that for ourselves? Are we praying for that for our church? Let me encourage you as we go through these, this series on Christmas prayers. Begin to develop that prayer for yourself. Begin to, to develop that God-sized prayer for yourself. Develop that God-sized prayer for the church. And be ready. And be ready. You see, as we experience our, our Advent season, Advent is, is a time to... Uh, to, to look forward to the coming of Christ as a child. But in our day of time, our Advent is looking for Christ's return. And so we have to be ready for that day. Are you ready? we got to be praying those prayers that are so big that only God can answer and be ready for God, for God to do something that, that we can't even begin to imagine. We've got to be ready for God to do something in inconceivable ways. And that we've got to be ready to accept the impossible and the mighty work of God in our life, in our church, in our community. Christ is coming back. Man, you, you look at the world, and I've been saying this for the last several months. You look at the Bible and you look at the paper, and they're becoming one. To tell us that the Lord is soon returning, and let me ask you, are you ready? Do you know if you died tonight, if you died this afternoon, do you know for absolute certainty that you would spend eternity in heaven? Where would you spend in eternity? In heaven or hell? With God or away from God? In the presence of Almighty God or separated from Him forever and ever? The choice is yours. And we have to make that choice in this life. Because once we cross from this life to the next, it's too late. These two ladies here this morning, they profess today that they're going to heaven. That Jesus is their Lord. Jesus is their Savior. Let me ask you today, is He yours? Well, the Bible tells us that you have heard the gospel and today is the day of your salvation. Don't put it off for tomorrow because we don't know what tomorrow holds. We're not guaranteed our next breath, our next heartbeat. Are you ready? Let's pray together. Father in heaven, thank you for sending your son Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for his living a, a, sin, a sinless life. A perfect life in every way. Temptation. We, God, God he, had, he, he, he faced every emotion that we did that we do. 
But he was still perfect in every way. The people of the day, some of them hated him. They ran him through a kangaroo court. They nailed him to a cross. The blood that flowed from the cross that day was given so that our sins could be forgiven. They took him off that cross and they put him in a tomb. But God, by your power, you raised him from the dead. He was alive and seen by over 500 other people over the next 40 days and ascended into heaven where He's with you today. And God, because of your Son, because of the truthfulness of your Son, we give you our life. We trust in you. And God, today your Word tells us that if we believe that in our hearts, if we confess you with our mouth, that we will be saved. And Father, today, if there's anyone here today that believes that in their heart and wants to confess it with their mouth, Lord, we know that you would want nothing more than to throw open the the doors of heaven and welcome them in and welcome them to the family of God. Thank you, Lord, for the encouragement of Zachariah's prayer to know that when It seems like our prayers aren't heard. You hear them all. You will answer them in your perfect timing. And God, help us today to pray those prayers for ourselves, for our church, that only you can answer so that you might be glorified. Hear our prayer. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.